Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hello groomers wait a minute hey that's not barbara bird is it it's Dave Campanella. Welcome to episode 377 of the Groom Pod, recorded on June 18th, 2023 in Snohomish, Washington, and somewhere in Kentucky. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shop, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groomore, and Stazco. And if you'd like to support your podcasters, you can go to our website, thegroompod.com, and click on the donation button for a one-time donation, or join us on Patreon. This week on the Groom Pod, we're going to chat with Dave Campanella, if you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. So Dave is here with us this week because Barbara is doing her coat damage webinar with PositiveEd.com. So thanks for being here, Dave. We really appreciate it. Well, it's an honor to fill in and, and such important shoes to fill. So I'm truly honored to be here. I'll try to do Barbara some justice. Excellent. Well, we just are happy that you're here with us and we get to pick your brain, which is always fun. So I have some exciting news for everybody involved with the podcast, and that is that Barbara's next webinar will be produced by The Groom Pod, and we'll be doing it through our own website, and we'll have more information on that, but I believe it's going to be all about curly coats, which is exciting and interesting, and Barbara loves the subject, so it should be a good webinar. That'll be coming up, and I did nothing but de-shedding dogs for the past two weeks since I got home from South Carolina. I have been doing palm skis and shepherds and goldens and tons and tons of de-shedding. And that's why we're going to talk about it this week with Dave. But before we go there, I want to talk about a guy that we both knew who had a really big influence in my early grooming careers. And that's John Stasco. Sure. You guys at Best Shot are the legacy holders for the Stazco product line. And I really do love the product line and especially the new protein conditioner and the protein spray. I like it even better than the original. I feel a little blasphemous saying that. It is a fantastic mix. So how did you guys end up with that? Well, it was something we were talking about with John. Actually, it goes back to before he passed. And, uh, you know, it's kind of on the fence with it. I had come right out to him and I said, you know, people love your Allbreed. They love your products. They really love the smell of your oatmeal products. Is there any way we could expand that? Because 
uh, you know, John was the industry's first guru, but you're going back 30 years. <laughs> the fragrance, kind of like peppermint, you know, not everybody digs it, you know, uh, but everybody seemed to really like the scent. So we were talking about expanding his line and he was open to it. And uh, we, we started talking and then uh, without getting too much of a downer, uh, uh, anybody who's kind of follows me a little bit knows that uh, I had a about a 13 month span of my life where I was plagued with some uh, gastrointestinal surgeries and things. Uh, when I was going through that, John, I have to digress because I just love talking about John. Um, he was just such a sweet, lovable, sincere guy, a very devout believer. And uh, he was like, you're going into surgery. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, when, what's the date? And I told him and he says, well, I'll be praying for you. And I'm like, well, wow. thank you, John. And the day, I, day before I went home, I found out that John had passed. And here that stinker. You know, always putting others ahead of himself. Never let on he had stage four cancer. Wow, he was praying for you, and we should have been praying for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was just John, because he just didn't want the attention. And, of course, when he passed, he uh, also, he didn't want any of the information being released until after his funeral. So his closest friends, Joey Villani and a couple other uh, folks, agreed that not going to announce him passing until... You know, he just didn't want the fuss. It's very selfless, you know, always thinking of others. But to the point of the product, <laughs> John was all about keeping things simple. And, you know, we didn't just take products and slap a John Stasco label on it. He was actually very involved in a line when he was developing it. And, and originally it was us and someone else that was kind of joining together. He had two companies manufacturing and as things progressed, uh, we had an opportunity to do it all for him, and uh, that really worked out well. His point was a line where people could just keep it simple, you know, doing more with less, because he was all about function and efficiency, and he was not the type of person that wanted 20 different, 30 different products. It was kind of neat, uh, you know, once a good year kind of settled, we we decided to introduce the protein conditioner and the protein conditioner spray to go along with the oatmeal shampoo that he had. And uh, another little note was in the marketing of Stasco products. Early on, it was like, John, you know, do you have any photos of yourself or anything? You know, we'd like to get the word out. And he was like, well, you've got photos, you know, and he always referred to this one photo that was like 20 years earlier of him. And I'm like, okay, well, that's all I got to work with. So we started doing this little campaign of John Stasco, the most influential man in the grooming industry, kind of a knockoff of the Dos Equis guy, you know, the most interesting man. Right. And when we did that, the first draft I sent to him, I get this phone call. And some people may have seen the ad of John in a dinner jacket sitting at a couch and the products laying out before him. It mirrored a Dos Equis ad. And the first draft, I, I remember his voice. He was in horror. He goes, I look so old because I kind of grayed his hair a little bit. And John <laughs> was very conscious of how he looked. Anytime you saw John, he was always dressed to the T. And it was important how he portrayed himself, you know, to the industry. He wanted to be well-groomed and look professional. And uh, I had printed these postcards up. And uh, I basically ate 
several hundred dollars worth of postcards. And we redid the postcard to where he and Pat is a significant other. She approved, you know, they wanted to make sure he looked good and looked like John. But then we came out with another ad where it was, um, oh, what was the next one we did? Was like, it looked like uh, an Egyptian, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. And I was trying to convey to him that people want to know who you are. They want to know about your product. They got to discover who you are. And if you think of like Chef Boyardee and Newman Zone, you know, and all these brands, there's a picture of the person. So uh, I was working on these different ones. And then I came out with Pirate Jack, you know, it looked like, uh, you know, there's an ad and we're going to be running in it again. Of, it looks like Pirates of the Caribbean, but instead of a bunch of fish heads and sharks, it's dogs. I love it. That's my favorite. And then I did one, of we called it Spaceman John. And he did not like that because on the background, it showed the moon and there was an Aztec temple on the moon. He didn't like it. So I never ran it. But when he passed, I ran it one time. Groomer to groomer, they let me run it for free because my thought was John was in the heavens. And plus that was my way of, if you really didn't like it, he would have had somebody strike me down dead. <laughs> yes. So he gave me a pass on that one. But it's just been a fun ad campaign. And the whole point is for people to, to discover it. And it's a very simple line. And any of your listeners, if they're just tired of too many products and they just want something reliable, something that gets it done, that was the spirit, you know, doing more with less. He did have a lot of influence and and what the products did and what the tweaking and the ingredients were. To this day, we hold true to those products. I hope that made sense. I know it was long-winded. Oh, I loved every bit of it. It's interesting. I'm not a fan of the baby powder smell myself. I was so excited with the apple smell. It just fixed it for me. It's a mainstay. I use the conditioner every day. It's my favorite conditioner. I like it even better than the sentiment conditioners. Sure. It's the one I go to. Okay. <laughs> I learned a lot from him in his seminars. And so I love that we honor him quite often with talking about his stuff. I have hours and hours of seminars he did that are so dated. I was hoping I could reproduce them and re-record them, but they reek from so many decades ago. They just wouldn't fly today. And, and to try to reproduce them would be next to impossible. But I'm rethinking he had a... Uh, Oh, a booking system. Now everybody's using apps and computers, but I still think there's something to his old uh, Stasco appointment system. It was solid. Yeah, and he had his uh, CPR or safety. Actually, it was a safety first aid, kind of like a cheat sheet, you know, and it had a big poster you could put on the door. Like if something happened in your shop, it's like, what do you do? You open up the door and you look at the poster and it would walk you through emergencies. And we're toying with, how do we bring some of this stuff back? Because many of his concepts and contributions were timeless. Uh, it's going to take some time, but I can foresee a day of people, you know, maybe going to a seminar where somebody talks about Stasco principles and you get to hear little snippets and quotes and some of the things that he, he was uh, out there talking about 30 years ago, which more so today, I think, carry a lot of relevance and a lot of wisdom. He was, like I said, the industry's first guru. My goal is to somehow figure out a way to keep that legacy going. 
you know, a percentage of the sales, you know, of everything that's sold gets tithed to family members that he had designated, um, you know, and, uh, you Neat. know, we want to keep it going for him. So uh, it's, it's a great cause. And, and even people who don't know him and discover his products like the products just, you know, based on their own merit. It's something like a voiceover on a PowerPoint. Like you run his voice and then you do PowerPoints, cut in some video of him with the dogs. That's what I envisioned for his stuff, but that would take hours of time. And I don't know that it would be financially viable. Yeah, you know, but uh, but we've got it. Well, there, there's a few things, like I said, the, the uh, appointment book and I think the safety poster I, I think has merit and those might be the first things we introduce. Cause I think there's, there's a staple item with appeal that would appeal to a lot of people. So uh, we're toying with it. I think that's great. And I love to be a supporter. Okay. Let's take a quick break. And you got through with not one sound effect. That's really rare. I didn't put in anything. <laughs> I'm slipping. <laughs> Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there is the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray. Dematting, anti-static conditioning and finishing all in one. Just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Ready groomers? Here comes our first appointment. We all know that I'm firmly planted on the Best Shot bandwagon, but since we have you here, let's talk a little bit about shedding. It seems like a majority of my service calls are de-sheds. I got a lot of Goldens, a lot of Aussies, a lot of Labs, a lot of Shepherds, and a lot of Pomskis. Who in the world thought it would be a good idea to mix Huskies and Pomeranians because they're all as big as Huskies with really horrible Pomeranian type, the worst of the Pomeranian hair. You get the worst of it. It's not the best of both worlds. It's the worst of both worlds in these guys. Anyway, I digress. I really enjoy doing them. I think de-shedding is a good way to make money and it's kind of fun to just zone out and blow that hair around and when you're done, you see the results on the floor. You see the hair in the tub. You see the hair on the ground. And it's very gratifying for me. The shedding has always been kind of a focus for Best Shot also. I know that because I use the products almost exclusively. I just wanted to talk a little bit about how Best Shot got into the shedding game. <laughs> um, everything with me is a story. There's a story behind that. You know, when Best Shot first started, Bill Marshall was the founder. I've mentioned him in other podcasts. He was a ex-Marine and he was a barber. He had a couple salons and uh, he would get some product made to his specs. And when he sold his, his barber shops or hair salons, whatever you want to call them, he retired and got in the showing Lassa Opsas. And uh, I should just say Lassas. And uh, he had a kennel. And a groom shop. And to me, that's not retirement. That's a full-time gig. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he noticed that, you know, the products out there at the time really didn't live up to snuff. It was all 
stuff that smelled like something from a Spencer gift store. The shampoos just weren't sophisticated. You know, they, they could get them clean, but that was about it. And he took his knowledge from the hair care industry and adapted the method for grooming dogs. And he came up with a system designed to save time. If you're from the hair care industry, you know about this thing called porosity, which has to do with the, uh, the cuticle scales along the hair shaft and the way they behave and how porosity is a measurement of the degree in which that they tend to lift and open. It varies on coat type and breed. And porosity also is a good measurement of how well hair retains its moisture. And in the hair care industry, it's all about keeping hair manageable. You're smoothing coat. And when people would buy Best Shot, he had a system. You did a shampoo, you followed up with the conditioner, and then you had a spray and leave-in that extended the manageability. Well, the first thing people saw was all this hair. See, humans aren't double-coated or, you know, combination-coated. You know. <laughs> We've just got guard hairs. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I mean, if you got hair coming out of, out of you in the shower, it's because you're shaving your legs or you put hair all over you, okay? But with dogs, you know, people were noticing, oh, my God, look at all this hair, all this sh- shedding undercoat. It, it was undercoat that's trapped in the hair coming out in the tub and how much more blew out. That was the first thing they noticed. And that's the value of knowing how to manage and manipulate the coat's porosity. It's canine cosmetology 101. Well, back then, this was like alchemy, witchcraft for science. You know, people are like, oh, cow, look at all this. And right away, the product got pigeoned as an outstanding de-shedding product. You know, and, and here's looking back at this. How many are familiar with Jennifer Jacob Bishop since she has a course she teaches called the 15 Co-Types? And she's been on the podcast. Yeah. First, I dismissed it. It's like, oh, geez, now we got 15. Oh, my God, how complicated we want to make it until I was mindful and I looked at it and then I talked to her. And, and it's really broken down. And and the, and if you look at that, basically 80 percent ballpark of the breeds out there are shedding breeds. So if you think about it. If you're going to be in the grooming business, you're going to be in the shedding business. I hope I kind of covered, opened up. I'll let you ask me more questions, but that's kind of the gist. Perfect. Talking about shedding, the losses, they don't shed a lot. I mean, is there really no. such a thing as a dog that doesn't shed at all? No, but, but here, see, here's the beauty, and I've said this before. Managing the coat, um, manageability, quick drying, adding shine and by manageability i'm talking about a coat that isn't static that that repels dirt you know that stays manageable for an extended period when you smooth the cuticles in other words you close the lifted cuticles and keep them closed for an extended period of time that's manageability it's a domino effect for a dog that's shedding, all that shedded undercoat's going to release because you don't have these lifted cuticles like the, like the bars on a pine cone. You know the barbs. You know, uh, trapping like Velcro all that hair. When you smooth the coat, they're going to come out easier. It's going to release. Uh, on a lassa, if you have a smoother coat, some of these coats get dry. They get brittle. They they get nasty, almost woolly. Uh, they'll retain dirt. You know, but if you can smooth the cuticle, it'll repel the dirt. It'll, it'll, it'll stay tangle free for an extended period of time. 
it's all the same science, just different scenarios, you know, added in. So if you can, if you can manage porosity and keep the code smooth, extending manageability, shine, speed drive, static, de-shedding, body, uh, less broken coat. I mean, the, what it enables you to do is take your water pressure from your nozzle of your sprayer or your dryer, and which would you rather utilize, wind and water to release shedding or the snap, crackle, pop of tool damage, which Barbara talks about in her coaching. You see that segue I did for Barbara? Nice. So, Ooh, that you know, gets but, but I mean, <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, snap, crackle, pop, you know, breakage, you know, coat damage, combing is the number one cause of most hair breakage. And then same thing in dogs. And uh, what we're trying to do here is, is come up with mindful ways of minimizing that breakage. And you can do it by trusting your products, your liquid products. You know, if your focus is on what they smell like, and if they're using whale sperm or some exotic, uh, you know, garbage claims ingredient, then you're missing the boat. Now, why does everybody come on here and pick on my love for smells? <laughs> smells are important. For me, but not for any other reason. Well, they are important, but we forget that the, the liquid products that we use in, the, in our profession, it's not about getting the dogs clean. Duh, they're going to get clean. It's pre-treating the, the coat with the proper products to get the desired finish effect that you want. And if it's shedding and you want to release a lot more shedding, you want to use products that uh, have wonderful conditioning attributes. Um, if you want to extend manageability, if you want to build body, if you want to get a wavy coat to lie flat or uh, a curly coat to hold its coat, it's all in the product that you use. But it's all related to the coat's porosity, you know, and we tend to make things complicated in our industry and uh all best shot's been doing over the years is just been teaching you know the whole idea of a three-step system it's nothing proprietary it, it but it what it does is it puts right out there out there in the open in front of everyone's nose that there's a method that's effective in uh getting the results you want and i'm just here to say that if you're following the right method shedding becomes an easy thing it is it's a domino effect it's delightful so how do you tell the difference between like normal shedding and what you would call excessive shedding? And even more important, I've always wondered if it's related to the seasons or if it's related to a time period or if it's related to hormones or what actually instigates the shedding. Well, it's, first of all, it's a breed thing. There's a genetic code for every one of these breeds. I'll give you an example. Tracy and I, uh, while my wife is a professional groomer of many, 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 many years, Yesterday, we went to the self-wash at the pet store because Banker, our Samoyed, was shedding something terrible. We're getting into the warm weather, so June 21 is coming up. Summer solstice, you know, so he's shedding a lot of hair in that particular breed. He's going to hold on to a lot of it. Fortunately, a lot of these Nordic breeds and the Huskies and all these breeds that are synonymous with the word shedding, they're all what they refer to as a high porosity coat, meaning those cuticles lift open wider. And the good news is they're the easiest to manage because with a little conditioning, you can close those cuticles right up. 
where the science and the research and the formulating comes in is how long can you keep those cuticles closed for manageability? You can't stop shedding. It ain't going to happen. You can manage shedding. And when I do my seminars on, uh, I do a seminar called Shed Matters, and it's also a certifiable class for, uh, I, I work with the folks at Whole Pet Grooming Academy. I'm, I'm an instructor there now. Ooh. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing some more classes there. But my point about shedding is it's just as much, how do I want to say, 50% of shedding is knowing how to release it and manage it. The other 50% is managing the expectation of the pet owner. Because when the pet owner comes to see you, they're coming to you because they're in pain. They've got hair everywhere and the coat's getting matted. And if it's really neglected, then the coat gets pelted and we know what happens to pelted coats festering underneath. All the skin problems that can, can occur. But when they come to you, if their expectation is that you're gonna make it stop, they're gonna be in for a rude awakening when they go home and the dog's still shedding to the lesser degree. Or maybe even more because you've made everything so smooth that the rest of that hair is just dropping out. I always try to warn people. If you understand how to manipulate the cuticle, you've actually created a little more work for yourself because it's not a matter of just blowing out the excess. The trick is to extract as much as you can safely, you know, and then you want to use products that'll keep that coat smooth for an extended period so you don't get the buildup of shedding in the coat so that it's easy to manage. And it's a combination, you know, in my seminars, I talk about different signage and things we can do to educate and enlighten people. Uh, just how important it would be to have a mobile hanging up in your shop that's knowledge is shedding and that shedding can't be stopped but it can be managed, you know, and getting that point across to the customer. Then a lot of them, there's people who think that when I go to the groomer, they make the dog shed more. That's not necessarily what's going on. It's so important that the customer learns. Anyway, I digress, but I spent a lot of time in my seminars coming up with creative ways of conveying knowledge and trying to teach the customer. You can't fix stupid and you can't help them all, but if you can get your point across to 30, 40% of your clientele so they can work with you to better managing and getting ahead of the shedding cycle that happens every year, that's the trick. And from that, you can build value. You can better anticipate and plan in your busy shop, you know, to accommodate the shedding. Like I said, 50% of it is managing expectations of the pet owner. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. And it's one of the hardest things. Because the hair often gets trapped back there, the undercoat part of the hair coat, right? The undercoat hairs get trapped and it's not time for the dog to be releasing the coat yet. And people think that, oh, my dog is just shedding like crazy. Well, they're not shedding. They're actually retaining it still. And that's a difficult part that's of right. managing the de-shedding is when you're not actually able to get the hair out. And then there's another variable. And the variable is, is some clever marketer comes up with their version of a tool and they do a great ad and the video of the tool shows all this hair coming out. And if you're a pet owner, oh, wouldn't that be great? But what they don't know is they're selling a product to a consumer who doesn't know the first thing about hair physiology and that they end up doing more damage to the coat. And that creates other problems. 
you know, I've seen dogs where the owners have taken all the, let's, let's just use the term stripped with the tool, all the guard hair off where all you see is this undercoat. Well, that's a problem because you got these big white puffy fur balls where they're basically stripped away, broken, damaged all the, all the guard hairs. And, and all you have is this undercoat underneath. Uh, people just don't understand. Uh, and at the same point, one, you know, there's some tools, if you go to the best shot website and then there's even, oh, there's a company, what are they, what do they call grooming something? They make posters of grooming and shedding. Uh, it'll come to me. I'm getting old. I can't remember everything. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> As you get older, that, that sound becomes more familiar. It comes out of both ends. but. Anyway. <laughs> I've got a golden, well, an English cream retriever, she says, using quotation marks, where the owner has been self-grooming the dog for the first year and a half of its life, and its guard hairs are like, I don't know, half an inch long because she's taken them all off with a particular tool that you're referring to. We do usually name names here, but we'll just leave this one out of it. We're not poo-pooing the tool. We're poo-pooing the misuse of the tool. I've begged her not to use it, but... She still uses it, and now she's wrecked the coat again this year. And doggone it, those guard hairs take a long time to replace. Yes, they do. There's some really great articles that uh, Jennifer Jacob Bissif, uh, I saw one she wrote for the AKC, you know, talking about the PDL and the UDL, the predetermined length, the genetically programmed hair, and the undetermined length. The guard hairs, many of them don't have a predetermined length some continue to grow the uh, undercoat usually has a determined coat length it's only going to grow so much and if you're taking off the guard hairs you're really upsetting the system it's, there's no mindful understanding of the intelligent design of that particular breed's coat and how it was meant to function they're just hacking away at it and it can cause problems well i like to reference old growth forests. When you cut down an old growth forest, i.e. the guard hair, you cut down the old growth forest, the shrubbery grows much faster than everything else. And you'll have shrubbery, a completely different landscape for many, 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 many years, sometimes decades in the old growth forest. Same thing happens with the hair. You cut the guard hairs off and you've got an entirely different type of coat. You've got most... Harder to manage. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible and yet... It still happens. and For the professional groomer, the thing that I try to pitch is for the majority of products that you're using, you know, most groomers are using products that they've heard about. You talk about Best Shot and Stasco and Show Season, and there's other brands out there, you know, that you hear about, okay? And these are all good brands. We need to trust the science, you know, trust that those products are going to do their job. They're going to moisturize they're going to release coat you know you put your trust in the science we tend to forget and just think of them you know we smell them they smell great or they don't like the smell whatever they stop there they don't realize that that product that conditioner that spray and leave-in was designed with a purpose and uh, if you have some just very simple basic understanding of hair porosity and hair physiology one can navigate through their liquid grooming products much better and come up with methods that are more reliable. And if you've got the right methods, trust me, the good products stand out. How about recirculators? 
they're pretty much the gift to the de-shedding market. I think the recirculator, um, you know, gets a little bit of a bad rap from people. People talk about you're using dirty water. And when I hear people say that, to me, that's a profiling question or response that tells me that the person doesn't understand how a shampoo works because a recirculator works like your clothes washer you know if you put your beautiful white blouse and nice dress shirt in there along with your tidy whities that aren't so tidy and you're like whoa wait a minute you don't mix those two together eh the surfactant keeps that dirt suspended in the water so it rinses away and we forget that these are topical products they're designed to work well So recirculators are great, but where the real standout of a recirculator is with conditioners. Because conditioners, being cationic, meaning that they bond to the hair and skin, the conditioner, uh, through a recirc, it's the best way of getting superior deposition of a conditioner all the way down to the skin. And you'll see hair come out in the bath, you know? I mean, you'll be reaching underneath the pump, pulling all that hair out because Conditioners, yes, close cuticle scales. Anybody who knows me knows my thinking about this misleading concept of shampoos opening up the cuticle scales, which is not a true statement. We'll talk about that some other time. But uh, conditioners definitely close cuticles. And basically, a research becomes a de-shedding machine. And if 80% of our breeds are shedding, you really want to think about having one in your shop, at least for when you get those really terrible cases to deal with. We use them for everything. I use a recirculator on every single dog for every single bath with the exception of the medicated baths. Yeah, with a mobile, it's a must because you have to conserve that water. Yeah. There isn't anything better out there. I'm going to do a shameless plug. Can I do a shameless plug? Oh, yes. I'll have my ding ready. You can grit your teeth. I used to poo-poo a lot of the uh, metering systems. The shampoo delivery systems? Yeah, where they siphon up through the hose. But I got to tell you, and mind you, I, I spent a week, or I spent three days at Groomer's Choice, and I was looking at their bather box. And the one thing I got to give them credit for is that there's no metering tips on that. Uh, and there's no dilution math. You dial that to preference. And I, and I think that's actually a nice system where, you know, for someone who doesn't need the, doesn't have the water, conserving issues that you know you would like with a with a mobile so i i I gotta give a shout out i was really impressed with that system and there's no reason you can't use both if you really wanted to exactly there's a place for all these tools so many people don't measure their shampoo and waste a ton of shampoo even in the recirculator it's crazy Oh, oh let me tell you i mean i i love when i was uh couple years ago when I was tied up for 13 months going in and out of surgery, I had a lot of time to look at YouTube videos and I would see these companies promoting their products and I would shake my head because I'd see somebody with this white foaming shampoo coming out and they're pushing it in the coat and you're seeing all this shampoo and all the shedding releasing. And I'm like, no, the shampoo is going to do that. Apply it to the coat and then turn it off and let the fresh water do that. I see all this product going down the drain. It's true. Because people don't understand how to use the equipment. And unfortunately, metering systems, if you don't know what you're doing, you can uh, deplete a gallon of shampoo pretty quickly. And busy shops that have bought them have seen their consumption go up 20, 30%. And that's not the product's fault. 
that's the user's fault for not understanding physiology and how to use the, the product. And it's nothing complicated. It's a learning curve. There's a learning curve, but some people never learn. And it starts with our industry and yeah. us talking about it, and seminars and education, you know, I mean, 99% of us are, if not more, are wasting our shampoo. I do some product testing sometimes for Michael and also when we talk about it on the show. And one of our listeners emailed me privately and said, how much shampoo do you use? And I said, oh, probably two ounces, maybe two and a half ounces. I use a half an ounce of shampoo. I measured. I don't have to use hardly any shampoo and I get great results. I don't have any problems with my dogs. And you don't need to see suds or foam either. I was just going to mention that. It's like we're two peas in a pod here. The fact that Best Shot mindfully formulates their shampoos to not be as foamy and actually has shampoos that are specifically made for the recirculator is such a benefit to all of us. So I just love that you guys do that. It's really helpful. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at a, a, our facial washes tend to be very foamy because that's what people want. And I'm thinking, eh, you know, that one still bothers me, you know, because I, I think it foams too much. But uh, But compared to other products... People are okay with that. It smells nice. Yeah, it smells good. And, <laughs> and then you got frothing and all these other things out there that people are doing. And Yeah, we've been trying to enlighten people that if your surfactant is holding onto an air bubble, it's not capturing dirt. Yeah, I mean, am I poo-poo against suds in a professional capacity? I think we, got, we use far too many suds. Am I poo-poo and frothing? No, I don't have any problem with the method. I just have a problem with the claims where people say that it cleans better and there's nothing supporting that. But it, but if frothing, for example, if you go through all the steps and frothing, people who froth tend to use conditioners for the first time. <laughs> so the results that they're seeing are largely due to the benefits of the conditioners. But if frothing slows you down to be mindful and, and pace yourself, where you're not just mindlessly putting the dog in the tub and getting it out, then there's something there. There's also a benefit to using a diluted product on the face. And mm -hmm. frothing definitely Absolutely. dilutes the product. So that's another place where it's useful. So I'm not saying never froth. But just understand what it is. Know the reasons, the facts behind what it is you're using. Critical thinking is a, a thing that uh, I know at the whole Pet Grooming Academy, I recently was talking with them and they were reviewing the company's mission and uh, critical thinking is such an important thing not only in today's education but in our industry as well and life to be able to assess things and make up your mind and don't just accept things at face value be in the now understand the science critical thinking is important anyway we're all about that here on the groom pod better living through science and you guys certainly help us with that thank you where do you see Best Shot going in the future? What do you have planned? Anything exciting that we might want to know about? Different fragrances, says the girl who loves smells. <laughs> We've got 21 fragrances that we offer in our sentiment spa line. It seems like we're like trying to get the Baskin Robbins 31. I don't know what it is. We keep coming out with fragrances, but I would like to see us... Uh, take our grease scent, which is what we use in our dirty dog and offer that in the cologne because people really seem to like the musk, botanical musk fragrance in there. So that's something we've been thinking about. Barbara loves that. Yeah, we, we've been talking a while about 
maybe beefing up our topical spray, which is for in our MED wellness line, we have a traditional, just a topical spray for the skin. And we're thinking maybe of enhancing it, improving it with a little chlorhexagluconate. Uh, we've been talking about that for a while. We've been talking a while about introducing a uh, chlorhex conditioner. It seems like life and things get in the way, COVID and, and other, you know, supply chain, things like that. But that's something I, we're looking at, uh, kind of repositioning and readdressing our MED line, not changing the shampoo formulations, Good. but, you know, expanding it a little bit. I'm still going back and forth on, uh, you know, toying with the idea. And I'd be curious to hear your feedback on uh, a scent free. I'm not, you know, hypoallergenic gets pitched for the wrong reasons. Like I know in our sentiment spot line, we pitch hypoallergenic fragrances. That's a thing. But people got this idea that if you call something hypoallergenic, it has no fragrance and no color, totally ignoring the fact that the colors are so highly regulated that color isn't so much the problem. You know, no one's using any colors that are harmful today. Uh, if it says FTC in front of them, that means it's highly regulated and tested. But there is something to be said about fragrance free. I agree. I think that would be a great idea. It just where to put it and give it just because when you do introduce a product, it's not a matter of just coming out with it and you're done. You have to get behind it for about three or four years and really push it and promote it. Without knowing off the top of my head what is in the ultra wash to the one that's formulated for the recirculator, maybe a fragrance free that. That could be. Yeah, that would be my suggestion for that. But I'm just a groomer. Yeah. I'm not Barbara. I, I have, through osmosis, absorbed a lot of her information, but I don't have the technical wherewithal. That's where I would go. I would do it with an everyday shampoo, possibly one that really dilutes well and is good in the recirculator, but has zero fragrance. Because oftentimes it's not an allergy thing. It is just a fragrance. Right. Thing. It's a preference thing. You know, and then in a professional application, we're using different products. And I'm going to be honest, not everybody's using exclusively one brand when they're doing their shampooing, conditioning, and sprays. That's just a human thing. Uh, so there is merit to having fragrance-free. So a lot to think about. You know, we're kind of slow. You know, we don't really like to jump into things because, you know, you make a commitment and the last thing you want to do is have a dud. I'll give you an example. You've heard me say before, like when we introduced the Max, I had that sitting on a shelf for the longest time thinking about how to introduce it. And I did a lot of testing. And when I finally came out with the label, I said, one little eight and a half ounce bottle makes 20 pints, only to find out it made more like 40 pints. <laughs> That's a good problem. Sometimes that can flip the other way. Forgive me if we're a little slow, not rushing to jump on the latest thing. Brings up another point, though. One of the frustrating things I see in our industry, and it's not a harsh criticism, it's just an observation is a couple things. Number one, recently I was talking to somebody and they were upset because they were claiming they couldn't get a product through a distributor. They wanted to get a better deal because they assume if they buy it direct, that they're going to get a better deal, which is not necessarily the case because if I make shampoo and we make like over a hundred different items that we offer, you know, when you look at all the sizes, but then if you find a distributor, they're selling two, three, four thousand items. So they're shipping hundreds of products a day right? They can negotiate better shipping rates, you know, uh, cheap, you know, they can do 
spend $99, get free shipping, you know? And uh, that's something that I was just looking at. Again, I think it falls under critical thinking. People just assume that a manufacturer is going to be the best option. And then along that thinking, when I was talking to somebody, they were looking for a better price and they said they'd buy a year's supply. And I'm thinking, why would you buy a year's supply of product? This is water-based product. Hang on. I'm going to take a break because that leads me into my last question for you. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well, and it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. And we're back. Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. Talking about water-based products and spoilage, and especially, specifically, the pump situation. The pump thing drives me crazy. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, somewhere along the line, we all got stupid. (laughs) You know, when you go to the grocery store and you pick up your groceries, we've learned that there's certain items that you don't, that you hurry up and you get them in the refrigerator. And then you learn that while the pickle jar says it has a three-year expiration date, open or not, it can spoil <laughs> well before that date. <laughs> Same thing with your milk. Best if used by. And those of you that are beer drinkers know that you don't want to let beer sit because it gets, it gets funky. But we forget the fact that shampoos are water-based. Water fosters bacteria. I had somebody tell me, well, it has a two-year expiration date. I'm going to buy a one-year supply. That's the dumbest thing you can do because, forgive me, but expiration date doesn't tell you squat. Right. Because there's some other variables affecting it. You know, heat. When you do open it, even if you don't open it, so many things that can happen. Years ago, I sold somebody... A ton of product. I was all excited. I got a big order out of this one little groomer, only to find out that your supply of product they stored in a shed in the back of their yard. So needless to say, they weren't happy when I felt I needed to replace something, but I didn't replace everything that they lost. Shame on me. And and they weren't happy about that. You know, and they learned the hard way, as did I, that we need to talk about and be real about the liquid products. You know, in the medical field, plasmas, medicines, vaccines, whatnot, they have a protocol. Yeah, they got to be stored a certain way. There's a way they're dispensed. You got to care for them because they can go bad. Plus, people's lives are on the line. Well, you don't want things getting contaminated. Well, where's these protocols for shampoo? And I had somebody say, it's a shampoo. How can it go bad? 
it cleans. How can it go bad? You know, because they don't know what they don't know. And then you get a company like Best Shot occasionally. I hear somebody say, oh, well, the Best Shot, you know, spoils a lot more than other products. And there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. And that's because we tend to use a lot of proteins and a lot of active ingredients, which makes them more susceptible. But when you have an industry where so many people don't, it, it never occurred to them, the care that's required to them, the accountability that's required by them as a professional to take care of these liquids. Because let's be honest, a groom shop is not a clean room yeah. by any means. There's bacteria mold and anybody who know, knows what I say when, it, when I talk about a clean room, you know, you see those sci-fi movies where the viruses are going and they got all the plastic and whatnot, or they even have special rooms for computers, you know. The that, chip manufacturers have a room you go in where it blows you off and checks your shoes. We do not live in that environment. There's so many things that can happen and I'm not trying to do fear marketing. I'm just trying to be real. And anything that happens in the majority of product spoilage that occurs usually happens on the end of the groomer. From time to time, manufacturers get stuff out of spec, which there's this famous thing where people say, oh, you must have had a bad batch. And they automatically jump to that conclusion without acknowledging that they've got these gallons of shampoo with an open pump. Open pump, open bottle. If we were to take uh, some of the science, you know, and look at the... these infrared and like, you know, temperature videos of, of a room, how hot it gets in a grooming room, you would see the airflow and the moisture suck through that thing and go inside the bottle. And as you deplete, that bottle's level drops down to half to a third. You've got all that now open surface area within that bottle that's going to build up with condensation and condensation fosters bacteria and the amount of bacteria you're going to get in there is going to overcome what remaining preservative is in that gallon. Preservatives only do so much. It's not paint. It's not some inert mineral-based product. It's going to spoil. Even a silicone, a liquid silicone, while it may not go bad, it can get contaminated and become a carrier of bacteria if we're not mindful. So these are things we need to talk about. But to your point about the pumps, I think the problem is, is, We tend to put these pumps on and we'll put them on a product that we don't use as much. Well, if that product doesn't get used much and you're in a shop and you've had it for two months, you'd be surprised. And long before, Susie, long before you start to smell that sulfur, the product's going bad. It doesn't have to smell bad to be teeming with bacteria. Now, the good news is these are rinse-off products. So if there is some bacteria in there, they can still clean. The problem is, is if you've got a dog with open lesions or whatever, now you're going to have a problem. We might be skating by and getting lucky a lot of times. The products that we use, but we really need to step up our game and be more mindful and, and try to employ safer methods of dispensing and storing our products. And let's be honest, shampoo's probably one of our biggest expenses. So we really need to take greater care, if you wish to add to that. I would, because oftentimes I'll go visiting other groom shops or picking up dryers to repair or something like that. I walk back into the bathing area and there's eight gallons of shampoo underneath the bathtub with no lids on it. Oh, come now. Who, who is that? No, you, you can't I've be. seen it. I swear, I've now, seen the- it. 
But that, but that gallon has a preservative in it. How can that go bad? Oh, come on. So when my dog gets itchy and I get hit with that $600 bill, I'm going to call up the manufacturer because it must have been a bad batch. <laughs> it's crazy. I talk to people about it when I see it because it's so bad. It's just so bad. It's hot there. Yeah. Hot and extra moisture and no lid. And it just fascinates me. And see, I've learned <laughs> not to come across as the condescending dick manufacturer. I can say that, can I? Uh, yes, you know? here, absolutely. No, people, people honestly don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Once you can explain it to them. And see, the problem is, is sometimes for the manufacturer, people are expecting pushback. Like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going to tell you. And, and they're hoping that they, they can get their money back for the spoiled product or, or that the manufacturer is going to pay for the itchy dog that left. Because God knows that only a shampoo can make that dog itchy and rub itself all over the furniture. Nothing else. There was no pre-existing condition. We forget. See, just like we forget about spoilage, we forget that this is a business and there's risks associated. And unfortunately, this is why you need to be insured <laughs> because it's where the accountability falls. People don't know. So I did an article a few years back and I've been pushing it. People still see I popped the article on, you know, share links to it. And I've done seminars and I've been talking to my distributors and we're trying to get the word out because in the old days, we never talked about this. And, and, and every time a good customer groomer would have a problem, the first thing the manufacturer would do would be like, oh, geez, why is this happening? Oh, look, they're a good customer. We need to take care of them. And they go and they give product. And all they're doing is enabling. They're not addressing the problem. It's like giving a dog a cookie for being bad. <laughs> well, it's, oh, God, I just saw that happen the other day. But anyway, you know, the dog was barking and the person stood there in front of us and gave the dog a cookie. And my wife and I just bit our tongue until the person left because we've made the mistake of trying to educate people. But anyway, so these are the challenges and what we're encouraging through venues like this. And we just need to talk about this like we're doing and share this information with other people. It starts there. Best practices. Where do you store your shampoo? The cooler, the better. The cooler, the better. Then there's always the person, well, what temperature? You know what? If you give a temperature, then that cripples people. Put it in your root cellar. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't put it in your trailer. I had somebody, a mobile groomer, well, I'm a mobile, and I've had a problem with best shot spoiling. Okay, well, the first question I have, do you leave your shampoo on board? Susie, you know that that can exhaust the shampoo. Absolutely. You know, so most people have smaller bottles, a little, maybe a milk crate or a carry bag, and they bring it in and out with them every day because... You learn. Just it is what it is. Yeah, the cooler, the better. If you have pumps, don't mingle them. Don't use a pump on a product that you don't use often. How about close those darn pumps off? They have a locking mechanism. There are some pumps that they sell little rubber caps that you can put on the nozzles. The more you can do, the better. That's really about all you can say, you know, and there's always clever people coming up with ingenious ways of managing and uh, keeping things clean, you know, and everybody, it's different. But the assumption, I think, is, you know, you think of that bottle of shampoo in your shower until you realize, you know, especially if you have a big family, you know, some of those bottles have been open and then you go to use it and it smells nasty. But we can't do that in our business because suddenly we're going to have bigger problems. And the idea is to reduce the likelihood 
of these things and just to be mindful. It's not really complicated. It's common sense, but it does take work. And the better you are at uh, keeping house, good housekeeping, being clean and measuring and things like that, you're going to be more successful. And that acknowledges that some of us are more skilled at that than others. And if you're one of those people who aren't, then just be aware that you're going to have some challenges that you got to deal with. But uh, that's the fact, you know, pulling the Band-Aid off, it all goes bad. And I love when people say, oh, the best shot spoils faster than the other stuff. And then they'll tell me what they're using. And they're not, mind you, they're not telling me Quadruped or Show Season. They're telling me some obscure brand that is very basic and there's not a lot in there, which that too can spoil, but it's probably going to last longer. But do you want to be using that quality of a product as a professional? You know, it's it's just, it's a balance. You know, you get what you pay for. You got to take care of your stuff and know what you're using. I'll give you one last tip for storing your shampoo. And in the area where I store my shampoo, and Barbara would roll her eyes at me because I'm kind of anal retentive in some of this stuff. I have a Sharpie on a string attached to my shampoo rack. And when I get new shampoo, I write on the bottle when the shampoo arrived at my place. And occasionally I'll write when I've opened it, just in case it's going to sit around for a while, so that I know both when it came and when I opened it, because I don't know how long it sat at the distributor. I don't know how long it sat at your place before it got sent to the distributor before then it got to my place. So the best way to do it, and I rotate. I'm a big rotator. So if I've got something that's becoming old or aged, I will move it forward in the rack so I know I've got to focus on getting rid of that. That's so important because many aspects of the grooming industry are predictable. For that very same reason that you do that, Think about our dryers that we use. When you buy a new dryer, we should put a little card on there with the date you bought it and write a date on there. Talk to the manufacturer if you need to. Write a date on there where you know that regardless, you're going to take that out of service and you're going to get its carbon brushes replaced before they go bad. Have a backup dryer if you need one. I'm a backup everything. I have a backup everything. I'm like the Costco of backups. I have two bathing, I have three bathing systems now. I've got two clipper vacs. I have two HV dryers. I only have one lip system and one trailer, but I do have two tow vehicles and I have two generators. So I've got duplicates of everything. Well, and it comes from experience. You know, most experienced people are experienced at failing and their, the trick is to, to not fail again, or at least not fail at that particular thing again. And that's the name of the game. Yeah. Well, Dave, I'm going to thank you just profusely for coming out and hanging on. And even a bigger thank you for being the primary sponsor of the podcast. I mean, I love that you you guys have been there for us from the beginning and hopefully till we decide we don't want to do it anymore, which will probably never happen. We want to do more with you. And we, we share you with everybody we talk to. Oh, and there's that. Every time you speak somewhere, we get a bump. There isn't a week goes by that I'm not adding at least seven more people to the Facebook group. But when you talk about us and when you put that slide up, we always get a really nice Best Shot Dave Campanella bump. So I appreciate that too. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. Remember, look forward to our new webinars that will be coming up that are exclusively from the Groom Pod. And we'll support Barbara in every possible way we can. And... Happy grooming. See you next time on the Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye, everybody.